And welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast episode number 24. We're coming at you from sharpfootballanalysis.com. Week four action with me as always, my buddy, Rich Rebar. Rich, what's happening, man? Hey, man, we made it through the month of September. Uh, Almost. Well, (laughs) yeah, not unscathed. uh, But, you know, we're, we're here. Uh, we're going to see how the NFL handles the situation, but we have had three weeks of full football and yeah. we're starting to build up some sample sizes, starting to figure out what we got a little bit in these teams, these defenses. Uh, scoring has just been bananas. It's the highest scoring opening three weeks in NFL you know, league history. We thought that this had a good chance to happen yep. just based on, you know, defenses playing catch up. And then also, you know, just, they're not calling any penalties. Like penalties are like yeah. at an all time low. Uh, I saw a tweet from Cleve TA that he sent our way that uh, earlier today that uh, holding penalties are down 60% from this time mm. last year. So they're not even calling holding it just doesn't even exist anymore. Nice. Um, and just, yeah, off, there's been a lot of offense so far. So We'll see how everything recalibrates, see if it comes back down as, you know, more defenses adjust and we get more of a, you know, sample size or maybe just enough players get injured. It won't matter. Uh, but we made yeah. it through the, – we've made it through the, uh, the month of September, and now let's see what October holds. Yeah, exactly, man. Uh, we, we almost, like you said, we almost came out of September unscathed by COVID, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit on how um, that will affect week four. But uh, before we get started into the week four action, just want to make sure uh, I'm reminding everybody to go to sharpfootballanalysis.com. Make sure that you still can pick up Warren's book uh, and getting that. And also, uh, Fantasy Package, still available, man. That worksheet is absolute fire every week. Um, it's not just the worksheet that Rich is doing. I mean, there's, there's so many more articles. He's uh, live with you on Sundays uh, for sit start. So make sure you are going over to sharpfootballanalysis.com and subscribing. Let's get into news and notes, Rich. So uh, obviously the biggest news coming out of week four is, or coming into week four, is the Steelers and Titans postponed, maybe to Monday, maybe not. Uh, how are you treating this in fantasy? Let's, 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 start, let's talk, talk fantasy first, and then we can talk about how it may, might affect the NFL as a whole. Well, we're still only Wednesday night recording this. Um, so we still have like that incubation period where we still need to see kind of if the rest of the week comes out unscathed as well, not just for, you know, Tennessee, um, but also, you know, Minnesota who have had no positive tests, but you know, they, you know, we still have to wait that period. You know, what is the, you know, uh, being in this, you know, the medical field yourself, you know, just, uh, we saw we're not out of the out of the weeds yet you know so sure. to speak you know to see like the vikings just because they've had no tests positive so far um for our, like the, i've made just because it's so early in the week and nothing's happened I've, as a commissioner the only thing i've come out and declared is that if the game is played in week four it will count as week four stats and if it is not it will not it will count for that week stats whenever it is played uh but other than that, I'm waiting to just wait for more information yeah. and see how locked in it is to being Monday night. I mean, I don't think with the game being so bad tomorrow or Thursday today when people are listening to this, um, I don't think a lot of people will have a lot of choices where they would have to choose a Thursday night football player over a Tennessee or Pittsburgh player. Um, but if you do, I mean, you might want to play it safe just in case. 
Um, but I don't think that there are a lot of, you know, fantasy assets that will be going on Thursday. Luckily for us that uh, you're probably faced with uh, so many tough decisions. I don't think we're really playing any Jets at all at this point. And then, you know, outside of Melvin Gordon and Noah Fant, um, you would already be playing, you know, those guys. Well, maybe not Melvin Gordon over both running backs in the game. You'd be playing Noah Fant over uh, Eric Ebron. Um, and then there'd be a conversation to have with Janu. But if you have both. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I'm right now, waiting for more information to come out, waiting to see what this, you know, incubation period, you know, brings to, for the end of the week to see if this does happen on Monday. So like at first glance, like when you first heard this news, like what was your feeling on moving forward? Is this like, oh shit, or are we just like, well, let's see how the NFL handles it and we'll just kind of go from there. Like, what was your gut yeah. feeling? Yeah, I mean, because it was announced on – because this came out on Tuesday and not, like, Friday, I was, you know, not running to Twitter like everyone else and saying the sky is falling out. It's like, well, let's see what happens. Sure. It's early enough in the week. Everyone on the timeline was an expert schedule maker at that point, so I didn't need to, like, delve into yes, that because – I noticed that, yeah. Everyone had solved the schedule uh, in their own way. Um, I just was like, Thank God let it breathe. Thank God. I just was letting it breathe. And, you know, it's so, it was so early in the week. Um, I was going to see how the NFL handled these because this was going to happen. I mean, the NFL wasn't going to go the whole season without a positive test. It just, it wasn't going to happen. Sure. And I don't think that was anyone's realistic goal. So now let's see how it's handled um, and how, how the, the adjustments are made, uh, you know, moving forward, not just for this period, but, uh, you know, to get some kind of, you know, clarity of what could happen in the future as well. Yeah, and I mean, if if we're really if we're if we're looking back on you know before the season and what we talked about before the season, this is really honestly best case scenario NFL could have had is you're 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 three weeks in, you've had one team test positive for COVID, um, and let's just see what happens. I mean, keep the protocols in place. Hopefully, things will kind of work out, and uh, you know they'll 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 make the right decisions that like they have so far. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, this is, this is obviously best case scenario for what happened, uh, or what has happened so far. So, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, I guess the biggest news, uh, besides the COVID coming out of week three injury wise is Terracone. And this is an even big, really huge yeah. fantasy pack, uh, impact wise, finally, uh, coming out of a week, Terracone, uh, Terracone has torn his ACL, of course, because he signed his extension. Uh, does this make David Montgomery good now? And I mean, what I would say is Cohen, he obviously signed that extension that I just said, but snap count wise, he went from 46 to 32 and back to 32% of the snaps, offensive snaps last week. Um, he wasn't making really any impact at all whatsoever in games. Um, so I don't know if this has any effect on, on Montgomery, I guess maybe a couple touches uh, a couple more touches. I guess the biggest effect on Montgomery might be Nick Foles, though. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess that is news as well, too. Foles finally taking over yeah. for Mitch. Uh, but, you know, you look at Montgomery where this could have impacted. I mean, because right now he's he's 17th among all running backs in, you know, attempts per game at 14.3. But he's 33rd in catches per game, which is lower than Leonard Fournette. He so far has run a pass route on just 37.8% of all Chicago dropbacks that's where we can probably just get some more opportunities for him uh, because Cohen was running a pass around 43%. So, you know, if we can get Montgomery into that 45, 50, you know, probably lofty to get to the 60% range. I mean, that would get him close to like the top 10 backs in terms of route per drop back. And then, you know, a guy like, 
Foles, you know, maybe hits him with a couple targets. Um, but that's kind of where we are with him. He's still going to be like a volume-based RB2. I don't think anyone foresees him jumping to be like an RB1 just because Cohen is out. But if he can just catch a few more passes, I mean, it gives us another guy that at least on the board that is doing a little bit of everything because those guys are in short supply. Yeah. Um, does are, are we assuming maybe Cordero Patterson assumes Tariq Cohen's, uh, Cohen's role? I mean, it, they've used him a little bit, but I mean, they don't have a lot of depth. Even when Montgomery had the groin injury to close preseason, they never even brought anyone in. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, so we'll see what they do now. I mean, and they haven't done anything. I haven't even really heard them rumored like kicking the tires on anyone either, you know, like a Lamar Miller or someone that was released. Uh, so we'll see what they do as far as depth goes, but they don't really have another one of those guys unless it's, it is Patterson, but um, yeah, we'll wait and see how it how it how it plays out because um the depth chart is not good yeah it's not good but if anything were to happen to montgomery i mean we might be looking at patterson as a running back <laughs> yeah which could be fun i mean that that would uh, actually be fun with 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 nagy so we'll we'll see uh let's get into a little bit of buy seller hold we're basically a quarter of the way in we're almost there um we're gonna we're, we're so we're three weeks in we're i think we're long enough to where um we can see kind of my, where the season might go and, and whether we believe it's real or not on some of these players. Uh, so let's start with, uh, in Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, running back. You know, the snaps are there. Uh, route, routes run are there. The fancy points aren't there. What, what are you doing, Joe Mixon, man? Yeah, and let me preface this uh, with, you know, that everyone's a buy, sell, or hold, you know, in context, and proper context. Sure. So we're just kind of talk about how we foresee, like, the rest of the season, some of these guys going. And I think Mixon um, is just not going to get there for me. He's just a guy – I think you can – I mean, I love the touches, and like I said, those guys are in short supply. So, if, you know, you don't have to just go out and dump this guy because I said that. Um, you still need to get equal value in return and things like that. I mean, he's had a disappointing start to the season. You know, he did this last year, too, to start the year. But he's been the RB49, the RB27, the RB33. But he has had 19 or more touches in all three games. What comes down to me for Mixon, though, is that his role hasn't changed. And I think it's what we've been waiting right. – to see him just kind of unleash, because I think we all, not all of us, but there are a nice contingency of us, and I belong in that contingency, that believe talent-wise he is capable of being used as a top five back. He's got the size, the, the pass game acumen, uh, the rushing acumen to be a top five guy, but the Bengals just do not use him in two-minute drills, and they don't use him when they're playing behind. He has handled just 22% of the team touches trailing on the scoreboard as opposed to 41% when they're tied or ahead. Every two-minute drill, he leaves the game for Gio Bernard. Every time he catch up in passing drill, it's, it's Gio Bernard in the game. So when you look at the Bengals' schedule, they are home favorites this week. They just do not have a lot of spots on the schedule where you say, yeah, they're going to be favored going in and game script's going to be in his favor. I mean, they got the Jaguars this week. They have a game with Washington, the Giants and Miami. Um, they have our 30th ranked run schedule for the rest of the season at Sharp Football mm -hmm. Stats. So that's not encouraging. He already is averaging 0.67 yards per contact, the lowest of any running back with 30 or more carries through three weeks. So the offensive line isn't helping him out. He has faced three teams that have defended the run really well all three weeks uh, as a feather in his cap. But my biggest thing is that his role hasn't changed. And I don't see a lot of spots on the schedule where I'm going to look at this Bengals team and say, yeah, they're going to have the game script in wire to wire that they're using, that they're going to use Joe Mixon, you know, fully in this, in, in the capacity as. So yeah, for me, I think that he's just not going to get there. 
I mean, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, you're not seeing that end, uh, end of the first, uh, top of the second round value that you had hoped for in Joe Mixon. And, but I think the most frustrating part is, you know, the, the carries are there, the usage is there, but it's the passing game. I mean, he has right. what, seven, seven receptions, um, so far. And they're, they're just using geo in the most important really role when, when you want running, but you're running backs to be in the game. Um, and I don't see that changing either. So I'm kind of with you on that. Um, maybe even a bigger disappointment, I feel like, because this offense is, is cooking right now, is Kenyon Drake, and he's really not doing much to add to your to your fancy lineup right now. Where do you see him? And are, are you a buyer? Because I kind of feel like I, I kind of want to buy in on Drake right now just because he's – he is he is healthy. This offense is 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 rolling right now, and I think it's just a matter of time where where Drake you, you see the end of 2019 Kenyon Drake. But I could be wrong. Where are you at on this? Yeah, I mean, what's funny is I was actually lower than the market on Drake and was hesitant coming in, but now I feel like that was what wanna makes I kind of want to buy because like what I thought might happen has played out. I mean, Kenyon Drake always was to me was we were yeah. selling ourselves on the the surrounding pieces of Kenyon Drake and not Kenyon Drake himself. Every, uh, everything we talked about was how efficient their run game was and their scheme was and how the offense was, but like it, then the conversation never started with Drake. And that was always like a, a red flag for me. Um, but now I feel like I do want to come like, like Mixon, the touches are there. I mean, 18, 22, 19 touches, but like Mixon as well, the offensive line is bad and he's not catching passes. He only has five catches for 20 yards through three games. That's a problem. But I do think that the schedule is better and you've got Kyler kind of cooking. He's going to open some things up. He does get the Panthers this week too, which you would hope he'd be able to cash that in. Um, so for him, I think he's, he, I feel very similar to him than Joe Mixon. I just think there's an edge. I think schedule wise and offense wise, it's a lot. You can bank on those two things a little more. And um you know, uh, that's kind of just where, where I'm at. It's similar to Mixon, but just the shade higher. And if, I wasn't in on him I, where I wasn't on Mixon. Uh, you know, it's, that's just kind of the difference is I wasn't on Mixon, so I'm a little bit more disappointed, whereas I haven't felt the sting of Drake, so I'm kind of willing to take it on. Uh, so then maybe that's, maybe that's it. Sure, that sure. One, one has hurt me and one hasn't, uh, that I'd be willing to go uh, to, to the yeah. well and, and see what Drake has to offer. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, also when you're looking at these two, in particular Joe Mixon and Kenny Drake, um, whoever owns Joe Mixon on their teams is, you know, they, they believe in Joe Mixon. Uh, Ken and Drake was always this guy that like, I hope he hits, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like he'd be way easier to, to trade for at this point because, you know, people, he doesn't have, he doesn't come with like this love that Joe Mixon does for whatever reason. His owners just always love him. Now they're just fine, obviously, but Kenny and Drake, the Kenny and Drake owners might just be ready to kind of jump and just kind of take what they, what they can get for, for him right now. So, um, it might it it'll be interesting to to send some offers and see what you can can come up up for with uh with Kenny Drake, uh, DJ Moore. Peripheral numbers are there. Last week obviously was a down week. Uh, I think he had two receptions, sixty one yards, something like that. Um, we saw the first two weeks where uh, he was getting targeted, um, and obviously the touchdowns haven't come yet. Regressions coming, or are you a little worried about DJ Moore now? Well, I never thought he was going to be a high touchdown guy. He was another guy, right. too, like like Kenyon Drake. I was lower than the market on because he just went around wide receivers that I thought had a lot more upside. 
but um, definitely want to come back in and buy DJ Moore for a few reasons. Well, one week three was a perfect storm of him facing a tough matchup uh, against the Chargers who have really shut down, you know, wide receivers going back in the last year. Um, and then Carolina had one of their rare games. They had positive game script the whole game. You know, they led, they led throughout. There just aren't going to be a lot of games uh, like that. They had their fewest amount of dropbacks uh, in any week last week because of that game script. But he still ran a pass out on 90% of those dropbacks. His target share in week one was 26.5%. Um, it was 31% in week two. The other reason I think I buy is because I believe, one, they're going to they're gonna drop back a lot, more games than not. And that the ancillary pieces for Carolina just haven't manifested. They're not using Ian Thomas at all, and they're not using Curtis. None. So None. it's really Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and then the running back. It's now Mike Davis and, and when Christian McCaffrey was back. So it's going to be a team that dropped back slot, and they have a concentrated target tree. So I want to be in on that. And obviously I think DJ Moore is a talented player um, and is a good yak producer. I will say the one thing that has flipped, though, is they are using DJ Moore – as the downfield target in this offense, his yeah. ADOT is, is four yards higher than Robbie Anderson's. Yeah. Um, he's got a 13.7 yard average at the target. Robbie Anderson is 9.4. Uh, um, so they're using Robbie as kind of the intermediate guy and getting him in space a little bit more than DJ Moore. Maybe that can unlock some more of his, you know, um, you know, if they use him a little bit different capacity, it can help out. But he does have three end zone targets, which is always kind of his bugaboo is that, you know, hey, DJ Moore, He's not going to have touchdown regression if he doesn't get end zone targets. Well, he does have three so far this year, which is, you know, he had 10 through his first two years in the NFL. So we're pacing at a, at a higher rate. But uh, I think DJ Moore, because of his team construct, them being um, – they're going to they're drop back to pass a lot and then have a concentrated target tree. I want to still send out feelers to the DJ Moore owner and uh, see if he's someone I can pry away from them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, who thought this this guy from LSU was going to come in and, like, be amazing for Carolina. It, it certainly wasn't me, Rich. I mean, oh, it, it was it was me. Um, but, yeah, let's, let's hope that uh, DJ Moore kind of comes back to uh, what he can be and hopefully getting that top 10 return for you and your team's rookie running backs. Of course, uh, like we all thought would, would happen three weeks in the season, uh, when you're talking Acres Swift, Dobbins, Moss, and Gibson. Gibson is the leading fantasy pointer, I guess, uh, as, as, as we go in. So, obviously, Gibson, uh, you know, his, his role is pretty solidified. But when you're, when you're looking at Akers, Swift, Dobbins, and Moss, I mean, that's – all those backfields right now um, are just uh, – they're kind of muddy. So, uh, I, I know you loved Gibson heading in. I know you were higher on him than most uh, than most people heading into the season. But uh, give me your thoughts on him. And then, is there any other rookie running back of this of this group that you see um, kind of being a help to fantasy squads at this point? Well, at least Gibson out of this group is trending positively in like terms of usage and being able to like a guy you can at least put yes. in a flex and like he doesn't. You're not. That's what I mean. Zero. This group. Out of this group, he's a guy that you could say at least he's flex worthy. I mean, you'd love to see him just he's got to get more usage in the passing game. I think that that's the biggest, you know, thing I've seen with Gibson. I like that he's gotten more carries than I thought he would he would get, but they're not using him creatively in the pass game at all. We thought that was like his spade, you know, coming into things that he was going to a guy that was, you know, could be used not getting just tertiary dump offs and 
can they can create some creative targets for him. And they don't have a lot of playmakers on that offense, and that hasn't happened. So that is frustrating for him. I think in the case of Dobbins, it's really like he's just an ultimate stash. Like you have to just wait for an injury or, you know, something to happen to Mark Ingram or Gus Edwards for him to really pop. And it's but maddening. He's, like if he's, he's, yeah. He's, so he's not a guy looking. I want like, to, he's, he's not a guy. Crazy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he's not a guy I would want to cut though, but I think that Swift no. and Moss and potentially acres, like, I don't think I'd have a problem releasing those guys at this point. Um, because those guys are literally, I think, paperweights at this point, and they could still hit later in the air. We could see something like Miles Sanders, but those guys aren't even getting Miles Sanders like Jordan Howard type splits. Um, DeAndre Swift played behind Jamal Agnew last week. I mean, yeah. Jam- Jamal Agnew is a converted like, defensive I just, I player. I don't get it. And we were worried it. about this a little bit with him coming in the year with just Matt Patricia, and then they just with carry on Johnson, and they add Daryl Bevel's guy, you know, Adrian Peterson, and. Adrian Peterson's had a couple like nice runs really inflate kind of his totals uh, throughout the first three games. Uh, but he's been a guy that's had a lot of negative plays as well. It doesn't offer anything in the passing game. Swift appears to be kind of, and he had that, that bad drop in week one, yeah. but like when they're using guys like Jamal Agnew over here, it's like, it's such a, it's so head scratching. Um, I don't know where, how like the path of where he elevates. Cause even an injury to Peterson, he still is in the same spot. He would have been with carry on an injury to carry on kind of the same, same folks. He's just catching passes. He's not getting used in the run game at all. Um, Zach Moss just looks like he's not going to have standalone value outside of hoping to get a touchdown. And that role is still open for him. Cause even last week, Devin Singletary couldn't punch in his two opportunities near the goal line. So that could still be open for him. But Devin Singletary has, you know, through three weeks, you know, and, and even the first two weeks, he's out touched him in every game and kind of still been the safer floor play. And Devin Singletary has been an RB 36 or higher all three games. He's maintained standalone value, even playing with Moss where Moss kind of just needs a touchdown. Um, yeah. So he isn't, he isn't a guy that doesn't look like he has much standalone value right now either. And then Akers, you know, being hurt. And literally both two guys in that backfield already providing higher ceilings than Akers has shown in Malcolm Brown week one in the last two weeks, Daryl Henderson are a problem. Uh, so, yeah, we're in a real gray area with all those other guys. I think I would not cut Dobbins, but he is just a stash mode. Gibson at least is flex worthy. And the other three guys are really just complete stashes at this point and literally could be roster cloggers through the bye weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100% with you. Uh, let's move on to Marquise Brown, who, you know, in, the, in week one of, of uh, the first half, I mean, this dude looked like, yep, the breakout is here, over 100 yards. Um, and then since then, just really, really not a whole lot. So where are you at on Hollywood Brown? Well, you were in in Hollywood. You hit me with your, your Hollywood take first. I just ran yeah. on rookie running backs forever over top of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just, I, he, uh, Lamar Jackson has missed him on a couple, a couple mm-hmm. of long plays that, that could have gone for touchdowns, especially on Monday night. Um, I, I think, I think Lamar Jackson, it, it's going to come. That offense is going to gel. Uh, last week was just, I mean, Monday night was just kind of, it, they just didn't look like the Ravens that the Ravens we know, um, that can score a lot of points at any given time. I think it's a matter of time before Marcus Brown or Marquise, Marquise Brown um, starts lighting it up again. He's definitely a guy that I'm buying because, I mean, just the talent is there. The offense is there. Um, he's the number one right receiver there by far. Um, but, again, he, need, he needs Mark Andrews also to, to play well, I think, in order for him 
to to get his as well. And and again, Mark Andrews the last two weeks has been pretty bad too. Yeah, well, Lamar has been bad. I mean, it's, so Lamar's made 25 career starts, and that was the first time, and over those 25 starts, he's had back-to-back weeks where he was not a QB1 uh, for fantasy. It was the worst game he's ever played on Monday night easily. But I think with Hollywood, there's yeah. – uh, you know, it, it's two-pronged, and I still think he's a hold or buy uh, pending if someone's give up. But the, so the, the, the buy part of it is, is he's just playing a lot more and he's healthy, you know, compared to last year. Yep. Um, he's running, he's running routes at 85% of the team dropbacks. He has had 23%, 25%, and 25% of the team targets through three weeks. So that's what you want. We're getting that. The problem is we knew that he was always going to be low volume. He said six targets in every game, but he, so he's forced to be hyper-efficient and he was a guy we kind of comp to Tyler Lockett ish, you know, yeah. coming this year, but he's, he doesn't have the kind of quarterback to be that kind he of He doesn't guy. have Russell Wilson. Yeah. And <laughs> That so we're, so he's more so he's gonna be so he's gonna be have volatility to him, but you've seen it on Monday night still too. Like he's blowing by guys, like he yeah. is open. He looks healthy. We know there's ceiling week potential for him, and he's occupying the target share we want. Everything else is there. All the peripherals what we wanted from Marquise Brown are happening. The quarterback play just hasn't been good enough. Um, so I still think I would want to buy him for that, I, and there, but I just think it'll be some more volatility that makes him more of like a wide receiver three you know kind of a up or down guy like boomer bust um but i still would want to hold or buy him i think he has a chance to really still increase his value um moving forward um and he is a guy i would either hold or i would nibble on as well yeah he kind of reminds me of like um deshaun jackson like when when you when you wanted deshaun jackson like year three year two three four uh deshaun jackson where like you you put him in your flex and if he hit you 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 basically like curb stomp somebody but if but if he didn't like you know it was it was your flex so whatever so right i'm 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 with you i'm 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 i think i'm gonna throw out some feelers on Mar- on uh, hollywood brown this week and see what happens yeah, I think uh, that's you hit it though. Yeah. Like you, if you're, you got to understand what you're buying. I think yeah. there was there was a pre-draft movement coming into late August that kind of considered him a set and forget wide receiver too, and I just don't think we're going to get there. Like you said. Yeah. 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 You'll you'll get those boom weeks, but uh, you know you're going to have to suffer through some of the uh, some of the weeks like you just saw. Uh, last few weeks actually on Marcus Brown. So uh, let's go on to DJ Chark. Obviously he hasn't been healthy, hasn't played. And it's, I mean, it's affected this offense as a whole. I feel like uh, Gardner Minshew last week just looked terrible on Thursday night um, and, you know, in front of everybody. So, you know, when are we going to see him back? And do you, th- this is a guy that kind of thought every, everybody kind of thought like if it wasn't going to be Calvin Ridley as the next Chris or the, the 2020 Chris Godwin, it was going to be DJ Shark. So where are we at with DJ Shark? Yeah, I think he's a guy I'm okay moving on from at this point mm. uh, for a few reasons. Well, one, like you said, it just the, the opportunity that we thought was going to exist, hey, the Jaguars are going to be terrible and they're just going to have to funnel targets to this kid over and over. That situation hasn't played out. One, they haven't been as bad as we thought outside of Thursday game. But also, this offense is completely different. They're getting the ball out of Minshew's hands quick. They're spreading the ball around. I mean, he's only been targeted on 10.5% of his routes. Um, and I think that's accounting for when he played, you know, Mm -hmm. it was 19% Mm -hmm. last year, but they're using more players. They're getting, they're getting more targets involved. Like I said, they're getting the ball out of Minshew's hand. It's a different offense. You know, it's a different offensive coordinator. They're doing things differently um, this year. And then when you just go back into last year as well, now we have a pretty large sample now of shark outside of the, when he ran hot to open the season, 
I mean, his past 12 games, he's been seven of his past 12, he's been below 50 yards receiving. He just had one 100 yard game. Um, mm. And over that span, he's averaged 4.4 receptions or 53 yards and 0.3 touchdowns per game. You know, we don't like to always play extrapolation game, but over a full season pace, that's 70 for 840 and 5. Um, I think that's the kind of player we're looking at. Like there might be a spike week here or two there, but I don't think one, the Jaguars are as bad as we all thought. And then two, like their offense is not what we thought it would be. It's there. It's just not, it's not reliant on giving him 20 to 30% of the team targets per week. They're getting everyone involved. And I really don't see that part of their offense changing. Um, so you combine that with, like I said, that pass production. And we really have a very small sample of him being like a locked in starting receiver now in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's anything Chark owners want to hear. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's good that you said it because I, I think you're absolutely right. And then with this, this emergence of James Robinson, I mean, not only in the run game, but he's being used so well in the pass game now um, as, as Minshew's kind of like a safety blanket now. Um, when he does come back, I think you're absolutely right. I think if you, if you can get like good value for him now, I think now is the time to move on from Chark in both dynasty and redraft. So I am, I'm with you on that one. And he was not uh, like an elite level prospect either. Like, you know, he got drafted. Well, he was in second. high school. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he I was, think he was a five-star in high school, right? Yeah. But he, he was a second round guy. He was, a, yep. you know, he was a non-early declare. production. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of production. Like he wasn't this like glowing prospect. Um, so either, so I mean, he doesn't have the pedigree background either to say like, well, we're hanging on to this. Um, yeah. 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 It's uh, he's kind of a head scratcher to me because um, it seemed like he, he ascended so fast into like a top 15 wide receiver that people in people's minds. And now like, we're just the people that kind of bought in are like, now, now what do I do with them? And I think, I think you're absolutely right on, on what they should be doing with them. So um, let somebody else kind of, we got to make hard decisions here. These are names we got to make hard decisions on. It's true. It's true. This one might not be, I mean, this, it's not a hard decision on this next guy because Todd Gurley, you can't cut him. Um, you know, nobody's going to want to trade for him. The volume's there. He's in a, an amazing offense, um, but he's just not getting – I mean, he's losing passing down work to Brian Hill for crying out loud. So, Todd Gurley, what do we do? I mean, there's not really much we can do at, the, at this point, I guess. I mean, you've guys got to scour your league and see what teams have no running backs and just yeah. see what they see what they give you. <laughs> um, yeah. Because without – he's fine. If he scores a touchdown, he's an RB2. When he doesn't sure. score a touchdown, he's terrible. If you look at – so he had a touchdown in week one, he was the RB20. He had a touchdown last week, he's the RB18. Week two, RB50 without a touchdown. He's only had 82 yards or less. You go back to last year, his yards from scrimmage are non-existent. He has three catches for three yards. So yeah. <laughs> just terrible man it's um, terrible so yeah it's rough i know a lot of people are buying the bounce back and he's in a good offense maybe sell yourself on he's had a couple of okay runs that you've seen um but the, the non-passing game usage and the that's, non-return of that is a killer um so that's what i would do i would just look for your league you know a lot of people try to buy specific players in fantasy and we talked before yeah. on like our trade show or uh, whatever it was the dining show it's completely the wrong way to go about trading um, no. You have to go look to see who has what you need. Say you want to, so you want to sell, sell Todd Gurley, right? Well, you can't just say I'm going to go look for guys I want for Todd Gurley. You have to go to the team that needs Todd Gurley. Yeah, it's say, very yeah. specific. Yes, yeah. right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's how you trade, man. That's how you make it happen. Um, yeah. and, and you see what you, you see what that team has to offer for you. But you got to go to the team that needs that production. Yeah. So, like, you go to a team that's starting Dion Lewis this week. Maybe they have Hollywood Brown. You say, yeah. hey. 
can I have Hollywood Brown? I'll give you Todd Gurley. Bingo. And I, that, there you go. Boom. It, it happens. If somebody does that, tweet at us. All right. Um, this is running a little long. We're going to go into hot starts next week, I believe, just because we're running uh, kind of late on this. Well, let's, let's go with the starts of the week, Rich. Okay. Um, last week, your, your quarterback did pretty well, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everybody else we picked was pretty pretty subpar. I mean, Anthony Miller had a touchdown on that. Our running back, we picked the same running back. Uh, and Joshua Kelly, who was a huge disappointment, I feel like, um, in week three. And then we both had uh, Logan Thomas, the big Logan Thomas. I can't do with Logan Thomas anymore. I mean, he – dude, he's like Swamp Thing out there playing tight end. Yeah. Uh, and I know the, route run, the routes run are there, the targets are there. Um, but he looks like he looks like he's just running in slow motion. Like he looks like Todd Gurley. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, granted, it's great that he gets out there. Maybe Alex Smith comes in and helps him out at some Let's point. Hope. Man. Uh, but man, he he like objectively look. I don't know. Maybe it's just me though. I objectively, such say subjectively. I don't know what he looks like to you, but he looks like he's just. He just looks like he's no athleticism. No zero, but I mean, you know, when when you're when you're running kind of next to Terry McLaurin, maybe that's maybe that's why. Well, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt for this week. Um, but I'm I'm with you. He's he's pretty terrible. Um, let's just get into it, man. Uh, let's 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 have our best week yet here. What do you say? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go. It. Yeah, I mean, the listeners are here for it. So I mean, if we're gonna have our best week, we might as well start off with Baker Mayfield. I mean, I feel like we should because it's right now he's he's ranked as the QB nineteen over at Fantasy Pros. He's at Dallas. The over under of the game is fifty six and a half points. Dallas hasn't uh, has yet to allow a passer under two hundred seventy passing yards uh, for the first three games. They've allowed nine touchdowns in the last two. Granted, um, the last game was against Russell Wilson, who throws about five a game now. Um, but again, you know, you're looking at Dallas who has been really stout against the run. They've given the ninth fewest points against fantasy running backs so far. Um, I, I know Cleveland's going to want to run the ball. I don't think they're going to be able to, they're going to have to stay up with Dallas. Um, and so I, I, I kind of like Baker in the, in the spot and the secondary isn't very good. So, um, I, I, I like Baker. I like Odell Beckham jr. To finally have a good game. Um, and even Jar- Jar- little Jarvis Landry to bounce back. I like that call. I mean, the Browns probably aren't going to be able to do what they did the last two weeks as road dogs, just yep. pound those running backs and, you know, go low volume passing. Um, I'm going to just stick. If it's not, if it's not broke, don't Fitz. fix it. I'm going to go right back to Fitzpatrick. I knew it. He's, I he's almost in, did it, dude. I mean, he's in my top 12 QBs this week on the site. Um, he's the QB, I think 17 for the industry. When last I checked, uh, which is fine, um, but I was on him last week. Here we are again. Why go go away from anything else? Yeah, uh, he's yeah. been the QB ten and the QB six the past two weeks. Now dating back to last year, he's been the top ten fantasy score in nine of his past fourteen starts with the Dolphins, and he's just running into a spot where the Seahawks are scoring so many points that teams are having to throw on them. Opposing quarterbacks against Seattle have 56, 47, and 62 dropbacks in three mm. games. Because not only is Seattle doing the let Russ cook thing, but because Russ is so efficient, they're scoring in, like, in a hurry. It's not like – like, they're just – that's how he's able to throw so many touchdowns because he, they're, they're not even, like, really stacking, like, oodles of plays because yes. they're so good. <laughs> he's yeah. so good. Um, 
but it's not even the volume that's that's exposing Seattle. They've just been bad on a per play basis too. They're 31st in yards per pass attempt. They're 31st in yards per completion allowed. 20th in completion rate. Sure. Allowed the most passing yards in NFL history through three games. Um, and we're gonna get fits in one of these games where he's just gonna have like yellow drop back mode. Uh, he you know that, <laughs> that sometimes that leads to some some interceptions and some Fitzpatrick turnovers. Sure. Um, but I still think this is a game the only way he doesn't make it out of, because eventually he is going to get benched and Tua will play, is if somehow Seattle goes up like 24 nothing, and it's because Fitzpatrick does throw one of these picks and it's just no point or no return. But uh, I do do think that he's in a good spot uh, to still get through this game and in a good spot to, one, remain efficient uh, because, you know, Seattle has just been so giving. They might not even have Jamal Adams in this game either. So it just yeah. opens up another – he's been one of their best defenders, uh, you know, Oh, for Shacker, sure. yeah, hasn't yeah. played well. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, who they added, has not played well. Trey Flowers uh, has been terrible. Yeah, so I mean, I'm going back to Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, and I, I love, I love my Hawks this year, man. I don't care that their defense is so bad, but I just love watching Russell Wilson, man. And I mean, he he had another dr- touchdown that was basically, oh, yeah. I mean, DK Metcalf, what the hell, man? But um, you won't <laughs> see that again this year. Uh, let's everyone was tilting on that one. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad, but, uh, (laughs) he made up, he made up for it later, later in the game. Um, let's go to your running back. Who do you like at running back this week? Not a much, not much choose from when you look at this list after RB 24, it's, it's pretty wretched, man. That's right. Cause I'm cheating and I don't even care. You can, you can not count it. (laughs) I'm going to take the industry's RB 23 and just (gasps) because I have him way higher than that. Oh, right. And just so I can just talk about it. So I'm technically cheating, but whatever. You see, it's gross. I can't wait to see what name you pull out because <laughs> it, <is laughs> it is it is gross when you get that low. But I'm I'm thinking I'm looking at Darrell Henderson and just the industry is just too low. On nice, him. like it. I mean, they're way too. He's been a top twelve back the past two weeks. He's yep. been an RB one yep. the past two weeks. And he looks uh, really good. And he looks amazing. And he's a guy that uh, he does have pedigree. He looks like the guy that we thought coming out of Memphis. These explosive yep. runs. He's in the most run heavy offense in the NFL. He's had 120 yards on a touchdown. Last week they fell behind in major game script, and he still out, out touched Malcolm Brown 21 to seven. It looks like Cam Akers is still a longer shot to play this week, and he's facing a Giants team that's allowed 133, 156, 171 yards from scrimmage. Uh, to start this season. So I'm cheating. You can say it doesn't count. Um, you can lawyer me on it, but uh, the rest of it is really tough. I can't wait to see you say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd definitely rather pick uh, Darrell Henderson than the guy I'm picking because I am going with Latavius Murray and here right now he's the RB 35 and he is at Dallas uh, looking at the game. You got heat there. The Detroit. Saints right now are, are, yeah. I mean, in the Detroit, the road, the road favorites over under a 54 Detroit is giving up the seventh most points to running backs. And mostly that's because of Aaron Jones of what Aaron Jones did to them in week two. Uh, but when you're looking at Latavius Murray uh, week one, he had 15 rushes, one target week two, totally dipped three rushes with two targets and then back to 12 and one last week. I don't think they're going to have Michael Thomas this week. I know he, he practiced limited. I think today, Jared cook, like looks like he's also out um, it's basically been the Alvin Kamara show in New Orleans. They're going to need somebody else to pick up the slack there if both Cook and Michael Thomas are out. Um, I, just because of who he's facing and uh, the over-under and, and, and my assumed usage he'll get, I like Latavius Murray in this spot. If, if I mean, right now it, it, it's hard. If, if you have a team that's going to burden with injuries or uh, if you have guys like um, – 
Henry or James Conner that are iffy. I mean, he's a guy that you can kind of throw in there and, and kind of hope that he gets you know, 12, 13, 15 points. So I'm going with Latavius Murray. In a, in a I, I respect you. Uh, it was having integrity over me. What's that? I, I, I said I respect you having integrity. Yeah, yeah. See, unlike, I, unlike I, me. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't cheat in this, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay, Rich. It's okay. Um, so let's move on to wide receiver. And I'm picking wide receiver largely in part because of what you said about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm going to go with Preston Williams, currently ranked as the wide receiver 39. Like you said, I mean, Seattle's giving up the most points to uh, wide receivers so far. And it's not even close. They've given up 600-yard games in uh, two wide receivers, and that's in three games. So that's two a game. Two hundred-yard wide receivers per game that they've given up, uh, over under a fifty-three and a half. You love that, Mike Clay. He said he tweeted today uh, they've given up four hundred more yards to wide receivers than any other team, and this is just after three weeks. That's that's nuts. that doesn't happen. Uh, Williams, so far he's he his snaps got down the ninety, then one percent, and then down to I think fifty-seven percent. Um, and only two targets, seven yards, and one touchdown last week. I think this is a huge bounce-back week for him. Uh, we, I, I was a guy that loved Preston Williams kind of coming in to this year um, as a late-round target. I think this is where he gets back on the radar, and people are like, yeah, this is why I drafted Preston Williams. This is a game. Let's go. Who do you got? I mean, th- there's only been three games played so far, and Seattle's already allowed 10 different receivers that have double-digit PPR points. Isn't that crazy, man? That's nuts. <laughs> but that's great. That's great for fantasy, man. Oh, dude, yeah, I love it, man. Love their, it. Games have, love their games it. have just been a joy through yeah. three weeks. Like, an absolute been fun. joy. Finally. Been, Finally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because Seattle is always that team that would be frustrating. They'd, be, they'd have great games in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For three, Only three took eight years. Took eight years, but here we are, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with uh, Brandon Cooks uh, this week. Um, looking at him, so the good news is Brandon Cooks, his routes per dropback have, have really gone up every week. He started at 48% that week. He was kind of, you know, he played hurt. Then with the 89% and then 91% last week. The production hasn't always been there. He's had three or fewer cut, uh, catches in two of the three games. But he's running into this Minnesota defense that has just been cooked so far. I mean, they are 31st in yards per target allowed to opposing wide receivers. They've allowed 14 plays of 20 or more yards. That's 30th in the NFL. And Cooks is the guy getting the deep shots. Uh, Will Fuller is kind of playing the DeAndre Hopkins role. And Cooks is like the new, the playing the Fuller role. Uh, in the offense, you know, Fuller's getting these more ancillary targets now that we like, you know, that's helped him out. Uh, that's how he had, like, Fuller never would have, like, a four for 54 in a touchdown game against the Steelers, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that never would have happened, uh, like, like last week. But now we're in a spot where Houston's not facing, you know, just, like, a bona fide defense like they've done for three weeks in a row. Uh, they get a Vikings team that's just, like, they're just hurting all over. They got the, they have so many injuries in the back end at cornerback. They, don't have, they can't rush the passer without Daniel Hunter. They don't have Anthony Barr. Uh, I think it's a real get-right spot for Deshaun Watson, and I'm gonna just going to uh, go with some attachment into liking Deshaun Watson uh, and go with Brandon Cooks. Love it, man. I like it. Um, let's move on to tight end. And, again, this is kind of like running back when you're looking at after running back 24. When you look at tight end after tight end 12, it's pretty gross, man. So I went, I went super deep. Like I'm going like way deep. He's definitely on your waivers. Uh, he's not on anybody's team unless you're on a 16 team league. And maybe even then uh, he's, he's not in there, but I'm going to go with Greg Olson. 
uh, currently as the tight end 27. Again, that over-under of the game is 53.5. When you look at Miami, uh, it, it looks a little frightening at first. They've given, uh, they're the eighth, they've given up the eighth fewest points to tight ends. But when you look at the tight ends they faced, Ryan Izzo, Reggie Gilliam, James O'Shaughnessy, those are the names they faced. Greg Olson is a little bit better than those guys. Even so much he is Tyler Eifert shade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even if he is 55 years old, he's 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 Greg Olson. He, so far this year, he's had uh, nine receptions on 11 targets, 85 yards, and one touchdown. That's including with just a week two total total of one target. And again, he's got Russell Wilson. I mean, anything can happen in a game with Russell Wilson. Um, I think this is a a game that Greg Olson can kind of smash in a little bit. Um, so I I like Greg Olson. I mean, if you, if you're desperate, just just see, just. I'm bound to be right one of these weeks. <laughs> Someone's going to hit, man. Yeah. Uh, in PPR it. leagues, he's actually had two tight end one scoring weeks because that's the tight end position. Tight end's so good right now. But, uh, yeah, here we are again every year, man. Everyone's favorite breakouts uh, yeah. are popping, you know. Uh, it's looking good for, you know, Johnny and Noah Fant. And Hawkinson looks to be, like, knocking on the door here, especially yeah. after last week's usage. Uh, but all these other guys have just kind of not hit. In the, Irv some of the Smith, dude, uh, what? Irv, Ian Thomas. I, mean, I would even say, like, I like Hayden Hurst. I mean, it, it looks like it's yeah. not going to happen for him. I'm so glad I didn't like Hayden Hurst. Taylor, Tyler Higby's not getting any routes. Like, his routes are just dropping every game. Uh, it's it's chaos out there in the streets. And plus, you know, Kittle's hurt. Uh, Ertz, Mark Ertz Andrews looks like he's ready to terrible. take off now because everyone, everyone's dead. Yeah, got her. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, the, it's been an adventure at tight end already. Um, I'm even going deeper than you, I think. What? I was worried. I thought maybe you were going to be onto my guy the way you led into that. Uh, I'm going <laughs> with uh, I'm going with Robert Tanyan. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. So he still had an edge. He's run 23 and 20 pass routes the past two games. Uh, Mercedes Lewis has run just 12 and Sternberger's run just 12. So it's still Robert Tanya with an edge. He scored a touchdown in the past two weeks. He has an end zone target each of the past two weeks. He's coming off of, you know, a season high five catches for 50 yards and five targets. The Falcons are in the conversation to be maybe this year's flow chart. Uh, they gave up a touchdown to Greg Olson in week one. They gave up nine for 88 and one to Dalton Schultz and then six for 60 and two to Jimmy Graham a hey. week ago. That's not exactly a daunting rogues gallery of tight ends <laughs> that have been productive against them. So Tanyan also fits that bill. He is not a guy that uh, he's more of a deeper play, but uh, Atlanta has been giving up just oodles of production to tight ends and not that great of ones. And we know as hot as Aaron Rodgers has, has been, uh, He's going to slice and dice that Falcons defense. So I'm going to chase, yeah. chase the opportunity there with Tanya. Yeah. For, you know, for as good as Russell Wilson has been, I mean, you can say the same about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this guy was basically left for dead after the draft, uh, no weapons. And then he's, he has no Devonte Adams last week and base, basically most of week two, I believe. Um, and that dude has just been killing it so far. So, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, good great. for him. Yeah. Good for those drafters who like didn't, didn't listen to anybody and still drafted Aaron Rodgers, you know, somewhat uh, high in, you know, the 10th round or something, but uh, he, he looks good. So I, I will give him that. Um, you know, can we, who was I going to talk about? Justin Jefferson. I want to talk about him really quick. I was going to talk about him earlier, but I totally forgot. But now that you mentioned the Vikings, where are you at with him in redraft for, for this year? I mean, it's going to be interesting because it's just the volume is, you know, we look at this Vikings offense and Kirk Cousins so far through three weeks at 25, 26, and 27 dropbacks, by far the fewest of any 
three-game starting quarterback. He's just, you know, they're not throwing it. The one good thing is, is when he is throwing, he's winging it. He's, he's first in the NFL in uh, average depth of target, second in, you know, yards per completion. I love Justin Jefferson as a prospect. He was yeah. my wide receiver three in this class, you know, pre-draft. I didn't move off of that after the draft because I always felt that he was better than just the big slot guy, like the – everyone considered him as that he was just a slot guy at LSU and he was last year with Jamar Chase but going back to 2018 with Joe Burrow he only ran 19 percent of his routes in the slot and had a high dominator rating in that LSU offense playing outside I always thought he could play outside and then the Vikings so the first two weeks tried to play him at big slot you know he he ran 82.2 percent of his routes in the slot weeks one and two last Hmm. week they moved Chad Beebe to the slot and Justin Jefferson ran 78 percent of his routes in the boundary and cooked just went to town he had the most yards per route run uh in a game this season for any wide receiver 20 more routes running a game six and a half yards per route run um he ran a route on 90 percent of team dropbacks um i think there's going to be obviously some volatility here just because the dropbacks aren't going to be there this is a team we know what they want to do and he's a rookie he's a rookie the defense bad enough i will say this though i'm a little on edge about uh you know Thielen. i think he's a guy that you might be able to sell high on at this yeah. point, because he's had touchdowns. He's had three yeah. touchdowns in three weeks, but he's only had – he's at eight or few targets in every game. Outside of that fourth quarter of week one, he has not done a whole lot. You know, he had the touchdown last week to kind of anchor him. But, uh, you know, just six catches for 60, six, 60 yards the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you, then you have – now you're adding Jefferson to the mix. So, I mean, it, it, it could be one of these things where these guys kind of oscillate big game to big game. Um, and they have some volatility to him, but uh, I'm definitely high on Justin Jefferson from a dynasty stance. Um, yeah. He was a guy I was really in love with, you know, uh, throughout the process. I thought he was just such a clean prospect, you know, checked every box early to clear, could play inside and out, huge production, youngest receiver in the draft class, yep. uh, first round draft capital, um, just checked every box. Everything was there. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't buy on him on dynasty in the first two weeks, now obviously isn't the time to buy. <laughs> yeah. wait to see if he has a couple down weeks and then try again but don't don't try it right now because uh not smart um that's that's basically it rich um i wanted to kind of because we don't really ever we've we haven't really ever talked about justin jefferson on this show so i just wanted to get a little nugget from you on that one uh do you have anything else before we head out of here man no we did a little you know buy sell hold i think next week we're going to do some sell highs um yeah. So, uh, you know, get ready for that. And then we'll just ride this, you know, Fitzpatrick, uh, Russell Wilson. Show <laughs> yes, sir, man. It's, it's going to be a fun game. Make sure you're watching. Uh, so, again, make sure you are subscribing, rate, and reviewing the podcast. Y'all have been great about that so far. Please keep it up. Um, if you haven't already, make sure you're following Rich over on Twitter at Lord Reeves. Um, you can follow me if you want. I'm also there at Chad underscore Scott 13. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week four. In week four, we will see you for week five later.